0: and making your way out here with us. I wanted to, uh, again, wish all the dads a happy Father's Day. Uh, Really want to commend you guys. Yeah. You guys, uh, we have a difficult task as dads, I believe, to really model manhood for children and to show people particularly what it means to be a Christian man. Uh, that Christian men, we respect women, we are involved in our spiritual community, uh, we have jobs, we provide for our families, and so I really want to commend the dads for the great work and the important work uh, that we do. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, actually I, I, I was spoke on the topic of battle and I had made a comment uh, that uh, one of the, the, the choices that we have to make while engaged in the battle is to choose responsibility over freedom and i really believe that that's a decision that the dads that we as fathers have to make continually you know and uh when we get home it's, it's very easy to again want to go into our man cave first thing we do uh but to instead we engage with our wives to engage with our children to make sure that we're present uh, emotionally and again to really embrace the responsibility that god has given us i also want to recognize that uh you know as we've tried to that for, that today i know is is there's always going to be uh you know a whole myriad of emotions on a day like this uh, for some of you, this might be in fact your first father's day without your your father uh or maybe your father passed away a while ago or for some of us, this is a reminder of a broken relationship that we have with our dad and I just want you to know that i that I'm aware of that you know, I, and i I understand that i can you know you always just you can feel the different vibes that it brings. But I hope that wherever we're at, that we can be uh, inspired and encouraged by God's word. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to continue uh, on this. Uh, there, we, there you go. This you know, Happy Father's Day there. That's my little picture. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I never make any of my own stuff. So anyways, so here's the uh, c- continue on this theme of of battle. <clears throat> the reason that. You know, one of the reasons that I chose this theme for the month, and why I think it's such an important topic, is because your journey, uh, and my journey, is going to require of you that you battle. It's going to require this of you. You know, I try to teach my sons things that I think life is going to require them. Right? You know, I, hey guys, you got to learn how to manage money properly. And even though you don't think it's important at 12 or 15 or 16, I'm telling you, life is going to require this of you. You know, hey, you've got you to learn how to think ahead so that you can be on time. You've got seven things you need to do, and you need to be there at 9. So what time do you think we need to get up? Like, and again, it might not seem important to make it to you know, your, your music lessons or your little league practice, but you try to equip your kids with things that you know life is going to require them. And so in the same way, if you've been a disciple for, a follower of Christ for even a measure of time, you understand this truth that, you know, there's encouragement and there's fun times, but life is going to require of you that you can battle for your faith, (laughs) that you've got some some kick. And so I kind of tried to interweave this theme with Father's Day, and so what I wanted to do was talk about how our Father in Heaven equips us to battle us to battle. So the the, the scripture I want to look at here is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 11 says, all right, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you in to his kingdom and glory. So I, I love this phrase, and particularly, you know, this is Paul referencing perhaps what a dad ought to be, or certainly what our Father in Heaven is like. And he says, encouraging, comforting, and urging. And this is what, this is how the Holy Spirit references what a father ought to be. And I know for myself as a dad, I'm not always an encouraging dad. Now sometimes I'm the like, hey, hey, you did this wrong. But certainly our Father in Heaven is the perfect Father. Yeah. Yeah. And the role that He sees as a Father is one of encouragement, comfort, and urging. And so that's what I want to talk about. Um, so the first thought is, you know, how does, how, does, how does God encourage us? And honestly, I'm sure we could come up with a million ways. I mean, there's just so many ways from the, our ability to enjoy our lives to the relationships that He gives us. Uh, everything from why food tastes good. And when, when you read the scriptures, of the Bible actually, God made the earth for our enjoyment. Amen. You know, when you see beauty, when you travel and you go to other places, God does that for our encouragement. This is, um, this is a picture of my boys. My oldest is acting like a goof, uh, which uh, he's actually on a plane right now to, to Houston to help serve in the uh, the Hope Youth Corps he's not here. But this this is us in Vancouver, Canada at Capilano it's a place called Capilano Suspension Bridge. And what it is, is it's just it's just this huge bridge over this massive cliff, it's tons of trees and they kind of create like a whole passageway and, and forts of just just you can just kind of travel and, and and look and kind of behold and Vancouver's full of mountains and trees. And so it's just kind of you get to see the sort of the grandeur and it's just a beautiful beautiful place to go. Now if you Google like cool places to go in Vancouver, this will probably come up first. It'll definitely come up in like, the top five. And it's just one of the most like well-known tourist attractions in Vancouver. And uh, the funny thing is, I grew up in Vancouver for the first 22 years of my life, but had never gone there. And I actually sent my uh, brother a picture of us at Capilano Suspension Bridge, and I texted it to him, and he responds back to me, he said, you know, I've never gone to Capilano Suspension Bridge. <laughs> I said, yeah, me neither. And we just talked about it. We grew up there. But you know how sometimes, like, when you grow up there, there's, like, no interest for you? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I see mountains all the time. You know, I see trees all the time. Why would I want to go there and spend $100? <laughs> uh-huh. So there was no interest for me until I had my sons. And now I'm, like, geeked out, ready to go. And even Ruth was like, I don't know. Hey, it's, 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 it's kind of expensive. And my dad's like, well, I'll help pay for some of it. I said, see, see he'll help. There you go. You guys can hear me now, right? Okay. All right. So, but there was nothing that that, that was going to stop me from going. And I realized as a father that a lot of the things that give me joy and excite me, it's shifted from me being excited to me being excited about them being excited. And just this idea that I'm so excited about what's going to happen for them. And I really believe that's how God encourages us. I don't think God ever gets tired of saying sunrise, stars shine, mountains look be- He never gets tired, not because it's, it's a new hat for him, but because I believe he never gets tired of seeing the expressions on our faces. He's our Father. He encourages us. And, and here's a passage that I love and uh, uh, refer to it often. I, I write it in cards when I give it to people sometimes. And i got to walk down here to read the passage. I actually normally have it right behind me. It says, "...the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In His love He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing." And I love this passage because it kind of puts it together and I love how it refers to God as a, a great warrior. You know, when you think about the amazing qualities of God, I'm sure if we were to come up with the top ten lists, not many of us would have a great warrior on there. But I really believe that as we kind of go on our journey and as we read the Bible, part of it, the amazing journey with God is really discovering who He is. You, you ever like know someone for a long time but then find something completely new about them? You know, um, When I was uh, I I shared with the congregation how I grew up in a restaurant and uh, and uh, this and my parents owned a restaurant. This is a picture of my dad. That's that's me. And my head looks massive there. And then and then that's that over that the Asian man sitting beside him is is uh, my dad. And this is us driving a couple weeks ago. But uh, when I was about, uh, gosh, I had to be about 11 or 12, it was uh, the store, uh, something happened in the restaurant where uh, uh, one of the most sort of coveted things in our restaurant were these chilled glass mugs that we used to have. And we would serve our drinks in them, and people loved them, and people wanted to be, and it was kind of a feature of our restaurant. But one of the challenges is that sometimes people would try and steal them. All right, as as you might imagine. Well, one day, a young guy actually tried to take it. He kind of leaned over to where the cups were, took it. My mom tried to stop him. And he stepped on my mom's foot and then ran. My dad saw it and then chased after the guy. And I wasn't there. My mom and dad told my brother and I about this. The guy ran, and, and our restaurant was in kind of a residential area, so most of the people that we serviced were just in the area. So my dad just chased this guy. He just kept chasing him until he went into his home. <laughs> the guy goes into his home, and my dad knocks on the door, rings the doorbell. The, 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 this was like a, a, a you know, high school, college-age guy. He, he comes out with answering the door with a knife, saying, leave me alone. And my dad said, I'll leave you alone. If you come back, bring the mug and say sorry to my wife. And the guy came back with my dad and he said, did you call the cops?" He says, no, I won't call the police as long as you say sorry to my wife and return that mug. That's exactly what happened. When that happened, and to this day, my brother and I go, did that really happen? (laughs) My dad's a five foot seven like meek Asian guy. And, and, and I, I, I uh, before this lesson, I even texted him again and said, "Hey, remember that time Dad chased down that guy and got that mom's mug back?" And my mother was like, "Whoa, you know, just just like <laughs> we still marvel at that because, like we're like, you know, but I'll tell you how that makes me feel, right? As a son, I'm like, "He's the man, you know. <laughs> it makes me so proud of my dad that he would do that." But it goes back in that passage and it says, The Lord is a mighty warrior and he takes great delight in you. God encourages us in these two ways, in who he is. That he is your God. But then also that he takes great delight in you. Who delights in you? Who thinks you're just amazing? God does. Second thing it says is that a father is encouraging. Or rather, comforting. Now, comforting is a little different than encouraging, actually, is because uh, there's certainly uh, an overlap, and they're certainly similar. But comfort, I mean, encouraging specifically has to do with imparting something. You impart courage. You impart joy. You impart faith. To comfort is to bring healing to someone that is hurt or wounded. And uh, I think about, you know, in our spiritual journey and, you know, we are all wounded. And most, more specifically, the thing that wounds us the most is sin. Other people's sin and our own sin. And, and we walk around as, as, as wounded people. And we all carry the wounds of sin. Bad decisions that we've made and the decisions that other people have made as they've gone on their journey and we've had to face the consequences of that sin. And you know, the, the, the passage that, that I refer to often, it's, it's to me the greatest uh, representation of God as a father is that passage in Luke 15. And it says here, The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. I use this passage a lot on Father's Day. In fact, I think I used it last year. But I want to point out something different about this passage. And specifically what I wanted to point out is, you know, the son had basically taken his half of the inheritance and just sinned it up. I mean, the Bible doesn't pull any punches. I mean, he was just living an immoral lifestyle and he just blew all that money. And he came back to the father and the father just embraces him. I mean, he was prepared to just be a worker for his dad. He said, you know what? Working for my dad is better than working out here. And the dad hugs him. And very specifically, it says he put on a robe, put on a ring, and he killed a fattened calf. And these three things are significant because if you understand the culture, they all have to do with honor. And, you know, if, you know for, as an Asian, there's so much about in my, the culture that I grew up in that honor is important. People position themselves. There's a different way to speak to somebody with honor. You, there are you know, first class citizens and then there's second class citizens. There's the elders. There's how low you bow. There's when you bow. There's when you're allowed to speak. There's when you're allowed to look up. There's first class citizens and second... And all these have to do with honor because it's God's comfort to you to say that your sin never makes you a second class citizen. Exactly you still have honor with God. You know, I think about my own children. And, you know, as every parent would say the same thing, right? Like, there's nothing they could do that would make me not be their dad. And it's true. Yeah. But, you know, when you, when my kids are small, at times they can get preoccupied with, is this better than my brother's? Do you, you know, where, where, where am I in comparison to my brother's? And, and in that parable, there's two sons. And so there's this temptation to go, well, there's there's one son, and then there's the second class child, and what this is God's word to say is that your sin it never makes you second class. It's not just that you're always his child, but that with God you still have honor. And that's why he brings up the ring, the robe, and the calf. And close it up here. The third one says, so he goes back to this passage, it says, you know that we dealt with each of you as a father, deals with his children, encouraging, comforting, and then this last part, urging you to live a life worthy of God. Sorry? I think of that word, urgency. Right. You know, when I think of this, this idea of I urge you to live a life worthy, you think about, I think about dads and the way that sometimes they push us to be better. Because they do want what's best for us. This is, um, this is a, a picture of my youngest son playing basketball. So uh, he had like, been playing kind of like an intramural in his school. And then on Wednesday, it was like the finals, and his team was in the finals. And he says, you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I want to see my son play. And this was a big deal. Like, they played the national anthem, they had announcers at this. They announced the lineup at 4 foot 11. Bryce like, who, who announced the height of a guy that's 4 foot 11. <laughs> they're announcing the height of these kids coming out, you know, they're just they're just coming out there and it's this huge deal, but it's this thing that he's been preparing for 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 weeks. Whoa, right. And uh, he's really worked, and he's improved his, his game a lot. You know, um, a co- you know there was a, 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 one of the brothers in the church. He's one of the house church leaders. His name is Brandon Lane. Spends time with Bryce and actually taught him some drills he could do to increase his, his dribbling. It's like, you go between your legs, you know, do it behind your back. And so he would do it. He would be in the basement just just practicing. And now he's at the point where he can, he can kind of be cocky with it, you know, like, hey, Dad, you know, woo, you know. And, and he's just kind of doing his thing. And one of the things as he was playing, as I noticed, is I was like, "Hey, uh, you know, he, he, you know, for those of you that know how to play basketball, he, he was doing great, but he didn't have finish. You know what I mean? And so we were like, okay, bud, you know, let, let's let's just let's just work on your shot.' You know, and and I. I find basketball, personally, the hardest... Like, if you understand the game, it's so cerebral, actually. There's so much you have to process quickly. It's probably, for me personally, the most difficult sport. But the one thing I can do is I can just... I can shoot, right? So I was like, okay, buddy, here, shoot. You know, make sure it's off the fingertips. You know, straighten your elbow. I just kept going over the fundamentals with him. Okay, you know, you know finish your shot, hold the shot. And I just kept... And we would do it, and I'd say, okay, you're going to stay in that position until you get ten in a row. Now, if you've ever tried to do that, that can last a long time. (laughs) And here's me trying to be like, you know, a good, you know, like my, my, a trainer dad. And I'm like, are you doing a 10 in a row? But we're like seven in a row. And then he misses. I'm like, oh, we're going to keep doing it. Right. And then a couple times he got to nine and I'm like, please, heavenly father. (laughs) But, but the muscle memory is not there. So when you're nervous, you you mess it up, you mess it up again, and he, I, he's he's not that far from the bucket, but you, you you're trying to teach just the sh- the fundamentals and to, right. And I'm like, it's over an hour, and I'm in my heart thinking, what what do I do here? Like give me a, like let me get hit by lightning so I can get a I can get an honorable discharge out of this situation that I've put myself in. He gets it, and he actually gets 13 in a row, right? And so we're like, Amen, yeah. So, and and I'm like, you know, and so after it's done, you know, I'm I'm like, yes, good, we did it, right? All right, we'll do that again next year, you know, or something. (laughs) He plays the game, of course. And uh, he has his time, and he, he kind of dribbles, and, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a relatively close game. It's like 6-4. And then he takes his shot, and he takes the shot from the spot pretty much where we've been practicing. Swoosh, he gets it in there. You know what I'm saying? He gets it in there. And, of course, when it's over, I'm reminding, hey, remember how hard we worked on that shot, right? So that came. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm reminding him. And And as dads, we do this, right? Because... We, we understand, when, especially with men, and, 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 and sometimes women, but, but particularly men, we, we, when we compete, we get emotional because we put everything out there. And I said, like, you know, the, the, the defeat that you can feel, man, it can, it can, it's intense. You know, it can bring men to just cry. It reminded me of this passage here in Hebrew. It says, and your hardship is discipline. God's treating you as His children. Are not all children disciplined by the Father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate for the sons, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us and respected them for it. How much should we submit to the the Father of Spirits and live? And it's referring us back to how our dads used to discipline us. And this is... Our Father in Heaven, He encourages you, He comforts you, yeah. but He urges you that you can do better. Right. And this is a picture of an athlete named Robert Woods after he lost the Super Bowl. Oh. I saw a docu- uh, uh, like the, the documentary of the Super Bowl, and it's actually about the Patriots because they won it. But there's this unforgettable scene of him crouched over like this and he's shaking and he's shaking in tears and and he's shaking because he put everything out there he had the opportunity to do his life's goal and he missed it and that and that's reality and that's what you want to impart upon your sons right you're like you know son In life, there's no participation award. There's no participation award. And you will either win, or you're going to... We live in a society today that wants a participation award for everything. But when you see people that have high expectations of themselves, maybe because someone had high expectations for them, they urge them. They go, you can do more than this. And I want to encourage everyone here. You know, when our boss challenges us to take it higher in our sales, we love it. Oh, that's awesome. You know, when our fitness trainer says, hey, you can," hey, I'm going to be on your case, we love it. You know, you see, uh, you know, like Sarah D'Angelo, she's a professional musician. But honestly, you can see it with her when she's in music. And in that arena, she has a different persona because of what she expects of herself. Like a little flat or a little sharp, it's not acceptable. The fact that most people think it's good, that's not acceptable because she has these high expectations. And our Father in heaven, just like me with Bryce, I'm like 10 in a row, you can do this, buddy. You can, Don't just show up in that game. I want you to uh, take a shot and I want you to sink it. And God says this to you. Don't, don't waffle because you're getting corrected or challenged. You know, some of us are studying the Bible. Some of us are in some challenges. Some of us are in the battle. And you know what you'll need? Sometimes somebody might give you a little kick in the butt. Somebody might challenge you. My challenge for you is to live. That God has expect. That's why you're here, is because God brought you out of the mediocre world out there and said, I want you to have high expectations of your faith. Ooh, right. You know what I'm saying? Amen. To live a life worthy of God. Our Father in heaven, He encourages us, He comforts us, but He also urges us to live a life worthy. Amen. Let's have a prayer because they're drowning us out, anyways. <laughs> God in heaven, thank you so much for being the perfect father. I I pray that wherever we're at, that we, in our relationship with our own dads, we remember you are our true father. You are the perfect dad. You delight in us. You created the world for our enjoyment. You comfort us, God. You remind us that our sin doesn't make us second class. That we're still worthy of honor. And you urge us to live a life worthy. I pray for all of us that as we face the challenges, that we would have great expectations of our own faith. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Church, you're all dismissed. Parents, please pick up your children.